Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, ooh. What's going on, everybody? This is John Brown. I'm back once again. And this is No You Can't Say Hi, the triumphant return, the return of the return. Because I already had the return. But the, the OG return was kind of, it was kind of fucked up because of the audio was like real, real shaking. But um, hopefully this sounds a lot better, a lot more clear. Um, you can hear like the airplanes in the background of my college park, uh, my college park apartment. You feel me? Just flying over and everything. Um, but I'm here. I'm alive. Thank God. Um, shout out to um, everybody that listened to the last podcast. Shout out to all the feedback I've been getting about how you know interesting it is and how terrible the quality is. You know, any any um criticism or praise whatever i'm cool with i'm not really a sensitive dude um you know follow the podcast on twitter on soundcloud on anywhere you can follow the podcast at um at no you can't say hi um you know subscribe on itunes subscribe on google play subscribe everywhere um leave us a five-star review leave us a rating you know or not please do maybe i don't know um i want to like you know blow this thing out i want to really have like guests on here i want to like you know back out like how it used to be but you know i think i like the fact that i'm like more prepared now because i used to just come in here and just spitball shit like off the top of the dome but you know i was younger than <laughs> i wasn't as wise shit like that but um yeah, I, I, you know, like I said before, doing stuff like this really helps me, you know, enjoy life. You know, life is hard and everything. Even though the subject matter is kind of fucked up, it's it's something that I think, like, the more I talk about, the more I express, the more I understand it, the more I, I feel comfort in the fact that, you know, it's not just me that's thinking these things. It's, it's a lot of people. It's not just, you know, me that's suffering or whatever. It's a lot of people so um so yeah um the world cup is starting in two days um i'm recording this on tuesday the 12th the world cup starting in two days the world cup is fucking awesome <laughs> like it's it's the biggest event in the world pretty much um the biggest sporting event in the world i should say it's the most popular sport in the world football um it's something that only comes uh every four years for the men and the women they alternate so this year will be the men's world cup next year will be the women's world cup and you know when people think about the world cup in this country in america i should say um they don't really talk about the, the football and by the way i'm gonna use football um not soccer because it's it's football um, so just, you know, don't get confused, but Americans don't really talk about football, you know, analytically in terms of like the, the, the Stephen A first take type shows where most people get their sports content from, or even, you know, on the internet, um, on the bigger sites like ESPN or Fox sports, you have some people doing it, but you don't really have like the punditry isn't really like how it is around the world, but we often talk about like a lot about like the corruption, which I think is interesting. And 
which I think needs to be covered and, and things like that. But I rarely hear American media talking about like big American media because I follow a lot of American, you know, young media, black media that talks about things like this. But you never hear the overarching media talking about the racism in um, football and the sexism and the homophobia in football. Um, but I'm going to, I'm only going to talk about the racism because I want to talk about the sexism next year during the Women's World Cup. I don't want to have it like as a side. I want to really like delve into it deep like I sort of did with the racism this year over the past couple of weeks. I've just been looking at things and, and analyzing things and, what, and whatnot. But um, it's really, really interesting um, how... This World Cup is going to be in freaking Russia, and you don't really hear American media talking about how, like, doggedly racist Russia is, you know? Um, you hear a lot about, like, the corruption. You hear a lot about, like, you know, the Trump stuff. But you don't really hear about, like, how these players I, I think it's because probably because American didn't qualify but how these players are just going to be subjected to fucking hell over there um and how they've been subjected to hell in their own countries too to be honest um so you know I was I was one of the funniest it's not really funny but one of the most interesting uh football twitter things is all the threads and compilations about the the English media stories about Raheem Sterling. Now, Raheem Sterling is, for those who don't know, is a star, one of England's best players. He's also a black man. He's a relatively low-key black man. He doesn't really do a lot, but <laughs> some of the, the gossip headlines of... Uh, here are some of my favorite things that the English media uh, says that Raheem Sterling isn't allowed to do. He's not allowed to eat breakfast. <laughs> He's not allowed to buy clothes from Primark. I don't even know what Primark is. I'm assuming that's like the English version of Marshalls or TJ Maxx or some shit. Like, I need, I don't know. Um, he's not allowed to be rich, which is like hilarious. He's not allowed to uh, eat pastries. <laughs> He's not allowed to drive a dirty car. He's not allowed to buy a mansion. <laughs> like, it's at this point, it's so ridiculous that it's kind of funny. He's not allowed to flaunt his wealth, but he's also not allowed to, to not flaunt his wealth. Like, he's not allowed to, like, flaunt his mansion, but he's also not allowed to have, like, a dirty car, which is like, wait, what? Like, what are we, he's not allowed to take an 80-pound flight, easy jet flight, like... Okay, so now we're just, like, being ridiculous. Like, Raheem Sterling has been, you know, subject of some of the worst and most vile racism in, in England since he, he you know, changed football clubs in 2015, I want to say. 2014 or 2015. Um, and it's it's been indicative of a sort of culture that we have in the Western world where... It's a lot of, I wouldn't even call it covert racism because these are like front page stories. It's a lot of blatant sort of dog whistling 
dog air horning that just like really really is extremely blatant and extremely like in your face to remind you like this is like you know where you are like are you for you're forgetting where you are but we're going to remind you where you are we're going to remind you who you are for no other reason than you know your skin color or the fact that you know we don't like the fact that you changed teams like okay um danny rose is another one another english football player he's also going to be on the english national team along with raheem sterling and um danny rose is a story came out recently about just the trials and tribulations he suffered recently with like his knee injury um his uncle killed himself his aunt being racially abused by football fans who don't like his performances his brother was um was nearly shot in his family's home nearly shot and killed in his family's home um and another thing danny rose did was he told his family not to travel with him to russia for the world cup because of the racism the fans have exhibited and the racism he's experienced in in that area and um he dealt with it when he he played for the u21s in england he dealt with it in serbia he was like they threw rocks at him and they they called they made monkey noises at him and mind you this is for the under 21 english national team so he was under he was 21 and under you know and it's he's a kid you know and these fans these grown-ass men are treating this this black kid like this just because he's black um it's really disheartening danny rose can't even he's not even gonna bring his family to like this huge exciting moment for him in his life like this may be the last world cup team he ever makes i think what is he 27 now like four years from now he'll be 31 Uh, well he'll probably still be in the next world cup but like this is like this is unconscionable like this is like this is the prime of his career he's never going to be better than he is right now and he's not going to be able to share this moment that he's been working so hard for with his family um and it's Danny Rose's reluctance and his sort of denial of his his parents and his family coming to to Russia with him is indicative of a larger issue, not only of racism in Russia, which I'm going to get to, which is wild, obviously, but racism in in FIFA and UEFA and their just insistence upon not doing anything about it. Like, for instance, my favorite football club is Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club, and Chelsea Football Club has its own history of vile racism, vile homophobia, vile anti-Semitism. And, you know, it's sort of the negotiation you have to make as a fan of a football club. Like, so many of these football clubs are just owned by vile people, you know, because most billionaires suck. And they're in places where it's predominantly men predominantly white men some of the worst people you know in our history in the the world history um and it's it's sports have become this sort of animalistic and you're you're sort of seeing this like in 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 everywhere really where the most animalistic sort of depraved human beings are are coming out and, and and exercising this sort of control 
that they wish they had over their lives or over over people really the subjugation that they wish they had and they feel like they can go to these matches and treat anybody how they want to so one of my favorite players on Chelsea is Mishi Betuai and Mishi is a black player um he was on loan in Germany playing for German club uh Borussia Dortmund now Dortmund was in Italy this year playing Atalanta. Italy, most soccer, most football fans, excuse me, know that Italy has some of the most racist, most brazenly racist football fans in the entire world. And, you know, you can see it in, in within Italy's culture with, like, the new right-wing government that they just elected, like, super far-right, super racist government. Um, Italy has this sort of tenuous relationship to with um, FIFA and UEFA um, as a country, like the clubs and the national team. So Michi was there in 2018, March of this year. And, you know, he, he got on Twitter after the match and he was like, you know, these fans are fucking crazy. You know, he said it more eloquently than I'm saying it, but he said these fans are fucking crazy. They were chanting monkey, monkey noises at me and doing all this racist shit. So UEFA opens uh, an investigation. This is a common theme. Player reports racism. UEFA invo- uh, opens an investigation. Another common theme is two weeks later, UEFA drops the investigation. So two weeks later, UEFA is basically like, uh, you know, Mishi, we know what you said, but, you know, we don't believe you or we don't care to believe you or there aren't enough witnesses or there are witnesses that don't corroborate or there are witnesses that, that you know, uh, uh, say what you're saying is not true they don't believe the players which is like ridiculous why the fuck wouldn't you why the fuck would Mishi Betuai lie about fucking getting racially abused like we people don't do that people don't lie about getting racially abused people don't lie about suffering from bigotry and like nobody does that like at all so like UEFA will find football clubs the same football club Atlanta they find them 34,000 euro for fireworks, throwing objects, and blocking stairways. But it closes its racial disciplinary investigation off of hearsay, essentially. Like, not because the player was like, you know, I'm fine or whatever. The player, Mishi, was went on Twitter right after the investigation ended and was like, okay, well, you know, this is exactly what UEFA does. This is some bullshit. Like, why the fuck you, why would I lie about it? Am I a fucking liar now? Like, you don't believe me? And it's bullshit because Italian fans have a reputation for bigoted behavior. Like, they do. Lazio, Club Lazio, Roma, the Club Roma, the Club Juventus, they've all been punished for racist and anti-Semitic behavior from their fans. Lazio and, and, and uh, Juventus, have had to play in closed stadiums, so fans weren't allowed in the stadiums. The the team could not profit off of the matches because of the the the, the racist abuse that they hurl at opposing players. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like a referee had to stop a match, a Lazio match, last year or two years ago, after uh, Koulibaly off of Napoli. 
Napoli's uh, one of Napoli's uh, African stars, Kaldu Koulibaly, he was racially abused. The referee stopped the match, and and that was it. And the response was they find uh, UEFA find the team fifty thousand euro. Like Lazio, I'm not gonna look this up. But I know Lazio is worth like at least like 150 million euros, 50,000, a drop in the bucket. That's really what that shit is. Like I can literally go on and on about the type of abuses that these players are subjected to and have to go through. But it's not just indicative. It's not just the fans. And this is sort of indicative of the culture. Like you hear about racism all the time. You, you, you The face of racism is often not just one face just it's like growing and it's like i hate to say i hate to say that racism is diverse but racism is really diverse racism is poor racism is rich racism is 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 jewish and it's christian and it's atheist like it's it's rampant everywhere um and it just shows in in this sport so you have this italian football director now this is the football director this is the man that's in charge of the entire Italian Football Federation. This man, Carlo Tavecchio, or whatever the fuck, once said, and I'm I'm a, hold on, let me quote this motherfucker. And this is let me just quote this motherfucker. He said, In England, they identify the players coming in, and they are professional, they are allowed to play. Here, instead, we get quote Optipopa who previously ate bananas and then suddenly became a first-team player with Lazio. You know what his punishment was? Nothing. He kept his job. He was the Italian football director uh, until... He made these comments in 2014. He was the Italian football director until 2017 when he resigned. And the reason he resigned was because Italy didn't make the World Cup for the first time since, like, World War II or what the fuck ever. I don't know. Italy was always making the World Cup. So he only resigned when he couldn't get results. And, and all was forgiven about this racist comment. You know how many black players <laughs> are black? You have Emerson. You have Balotelli. You have so many, like, black or people of color uh, 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 players on or players of color on the Italian national team. Like, n- nobody's feelings are being considered. Nobody's, rep- these, pe- these players have to deal with, like, their boss essentially being a, a vile, vile racist. The racist fans are never banned. There's, there's no consequences. There's no consequences for this behavior. And, you know, Mario Balotelli, who I mentioned earlier, I remember he was one of the most electric players like i've ever seen like his peak was like he was like incredible because he was super confident in himself and he was saucy and he was he was super lit like there was nothing like if you go online and watch balotelli highlights you don't even need to watch him highlights him playing football just highlights him celebrating it's just like it's like fucking wild like it's everything like it's real like i love niggas that like just have that sort of flair and that sort of style you know what i'm saying like it's amazing but he he always talks about, you know, the abuse he suffered in Italy and the abuse he suffered in France and how, like, the Italian uh, team should make him the captain to show, like, they're serious about, you know, combating racism. Like, this is our captain. This is the person. This is our leader. This is the person that we're following. He talks about the racism he deals with in France and 
and and the abuse he deals with in France, the country that he plays club, club football in now, like it's ridiculous. Like one of like you know one of the game's like best former best players, one of the game's like OGs, legends. Even though he's not even that old, I think he's like thirty, <laughs> but. Like, one of the, the, the most electric players that we all used to love and watch, like, has to deal, still has to deal, had to deal, and will always have to deal with this bigotry in the sport that he loves to play. And, you know, another legend that I, I, I thought about when I wanted to talk about, the, about FIFA and UEFA and the World Cup Another legend I wanted to talk about was Yaya Torre. Yaya Torre is an English... He's one of the best English midfielders of all time. Like, he's arguably the best. Um, And he played for Manchester City for, I think, eight years. And he tormented everyone. (laughs) Like, he he was amazing. Like, he was an amazing player, amazing to watch. Terrible to root against because he was so good. But he was a club legend, you know. He won uh, like two or three Premier League titles. He won a couple FA Cups, a couple League Cups, you know. He was incredible. And, you know, players like him get like treated like royalty forever. Um, well, white players like him, you know. He, he doesn't get that sort of treatment. Um, and he, he talked about it. He talked about it to... Um, I think it was the Guardian he, he did an interview with, and he spoke about how his former manager at, at Manchester City and at um, Barcelona, Pep Guardiola, he doesn't treat African players the same way. And, you know, Pep Guardiola denied this and said, you know, this is not true, whatever, whatever. But like I said before, I I believe Yaya Torre. I don't think Yaya Torre is being vindictive or trying to stir up some shit that isn't there. I believe that Yaya Torre felt, rightfully so, that Pep Guardiola treated him in a way that, you know, was not the way he should have been treated. And Pep isn't the only manager who's had complaints about racism. You know what I mean? You had Mark Sampson, the former manager for the women's national team. You had Maurizio Sarri former manager for Napoli and possible manager for my beloved Chelsea football club. <laughs> um, Jose, Jose Mourinho, um, Laurent Blanc, former Paris Saint-Germain manager and also possible manager for Chelsea football club. <laughs> Chelsea, you know, Chelsea is Chelsea. But, um, and also the lack of, of, of prominent black managers that get opportunities to manage the big 10, 15, 20 clubs around the world that, like, they just don't get that those opportunities um and it's it's not because of it's obviously not because of skill or talent or tactic tactical um um um, prowess it's because of you know the embedded structural systematic racism within this sport and it it, in europe it starts with uefa now uefa is the governing body of european football so they handle club football they handle um, European football, like European national team football. Um, and there's sort of like a cycle. There's a cycle uh, of what happens in UEFA. So players complain about racism. They say, you know, I was racially abused or, you know, something happened to me or on the pitch or off the pitch or whatever. 
UEFA, UEFA, excuse me, opens an investigation. UEFA engages in this investigation for two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month top. They interview witnesses, they, you know, do whatever. And then they come up with a report saying what happened wasn't what the player said. Uh, the investigation is over. It's like a cycle. It happens over and over and over again. On the rare occasions that it doesn't happen like this, like, you know, it's caught on tape or UEFA runs this little investigation to do and, you know, they find out that, oh, racial abuse did happen. Um, the huge clubs get fined pennies. Like, clubs worth hundreds of millions or billions of dollars getting fined $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 for racial abuse from fans or racial abuse from other players. Like, it's a fucking joke. Like, it's, it's fucking stupid. Like, it, it makes no sense. It's like, it's ridiculous. Players are rarely ever suspended for their racism. You know, in this World Cup alone, you're going to have Luis Suarez, who's one of the most despicable races in football he's gonna play for his country with impunity and no one's gonna care um uefa you know they do all these stupid ass campaigns of saying no to racism putting it on player kits and grandstanding and putting up banners and saying you know we're, we're making serious changes and we're making moves and 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 what happens nothing it's like when UEFA charges you with racism, it's like, you ever see, um, you ever see the Chappelle show skit where it was Black Bush <laughs> and it was like, uh, Chappelle was like, he was President Bush and he was talking about, um, oh, what was he talking about? He was talking about, um, um, the United Nations. He was talking about the United Nations <laughs> and he was like, um, Oh, the United Nations, you have a problem with what I'm doing? Sanction me. Sanction me, sanction me with your army. Oh you, don't have, oh, you don't have an army? Well, you should shut the fuck up. That's exactly what UEFA is doing. UEFA is telling us all to shut the fuck up if we don't have an army. Like, Michi Bachelor, oh, you, you got racial abuse? Shut the fuck Where's your army? D prove it. Oh, you can't prove it? Then shut the fuck up. Oh, you can't prove it? Oh, we'll find the club 10000 20000 30000 Oh, we'll, we'll make the club shut down for a... Uh, 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 shut down the stadium for one day it's bullshit it's absolutely bullshit which leads me into maybe the biggest culprit the largest culprit of just absolute garbage trash bullshit fifa now fifa is you know fifa runs the world cup men and women's fifa bears its name on video games that we all love to play. FIFA is the governing body of international football, the biggest governing body in the world of football. And FIFA is known for being extremely, extremely corrupt. Like, you're going to hear stories about scandals uh, regarding FIFA every year, every two years because for whatever for all types of white collar trump crime like donald trump style crime like you're gonna hear about that shit it's gonna happen there's gonna be exposés about it there's a lot of really good reading and really good reporting about it because it's really ridiculous like the type of shit that they get away with or they try to get away with and the, that they do get away with for a while um but fifa's record on, on racism 
which is funny to say, like your record on racism. FIFA's approach to racism has sort of been like a hands-off approach. Like, uh, we, we, we want our hands off the racist people. Like, we don't want to touch the race. <laughs> we don't want to talk about racism. We don't, we want to act like it doesn't exist. Um, and nothing is more indicative of that than their little say no to racism campaign. So, football fans are a member. FIFA started this say no to racism campaign. They started it in 2013. Keep in mind, the man who started this, Sepp Blatter, was charged and convicted of money laundering, bribery, and corruption charges, and he resigned in 2016. So let's just, from the top, from the organization, organizational top, the guy who was like, let's start this campaign, all the while he's doing all this other shit in the background, you, you really think he's worried about the same, you really think his focus is fixing racism in football? Yeah. So, the head of the task force for the Say No to Racism uh, campaign by FIFA was this man named Jeffrey Webb. Now, Jeffrey Webb was the head of it from its inception until 2015. You're, you might be wondering why he, he left in 2015. Jeffrey Webb was arrested for racketeering, wire fraud, and money laundering. And he was forced out of FIFA. So that's why he. So not only did the president of FIFA, Sepp Blatter, leave, the guy who created the Say No to Racism campaign, not only did he leave because of all these white collar crimes, but the head of the Say No to Racism campaign left. And this was a year before it was disbanded. He left because he was also corrupt as hell and doing all this fucking shit with money that he shouldn't have been doing. So they ended it in 2016. They ended the Say No to Racism campaign in 2016. And it was interesting because FIFA basically said they ended racism in three years. FIFA said uh, it completely fulfilled its temporary mission. Now, in 2013, I'm trying to think of, of how to accurately explain it. In 2013, LeBron James won his second NBA title. With the Miami Heat. In 2016, LeBron James won his first NBA title with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So between the time LeBron won his second NBA title in in Miami and his first NBA title in Cleveland, FIFA ended racism. They ended race. They ended racism in three years. 2013. What was like the bit? I'm trying to think. What was the biggest like? Like, who, who was, like, Beyonce, didn't Beyonce release self-titled in 2013? And then in 2016, she released Lemonade? I think that's how it ended up being, right? So between Beyonce and Lemonade, think about it like that. Racism, FIFA said they ended racism in football. Obviously, it's horseshit, and it's fucking stupid, but this is the type of organization you're dealing with. And so the, the task uh, force members who were, uh, put together by FIFA were obviously upset and they were like, what the fuck is going on? Racism is still here. Like, And you know, there were these researchers that logged 92 incidents of discriminatory displays and chants by Russian fans Russian fans in and around stadiums in the 2014-15 season against a total of 83 for the previous two seasons combined. So, not only did FIFA say they ended racism, but they did this knowing 
that racist and discriminatory attacks increased over the lifespan of their organization of their uh saint order racism tax force it's unconscionable that they ended it two years before a world cup in this country and we could, let's just talk about russia like just as for context russia elected its first afro russian politician to power his name was Jean Sagbo Sabo in 2010. There, f- listen, Russia elected its first, first Afro-Russian politician to political power in 2010, eight years ago. Russia has been on this earth as a nation for how long? 2010 fam so this is this is the sort of country that we're dealing with like we're dealing with like this is like some real serious shit like it's kind of like funny when you think about how ridiculous it is but it's not funny with how serious it is like this is like seriously like this could end up extremely badly for these players is this kid is liverpool you his name is is ryan brewster and he was racially abused last year and FIFA's punishment for this kid. He was racially abused in Russia. And, FIFA, and excuse me, UEFA's punishment for this kid was um, they ordered the club that uh, whose fans uh, racially abused this, this kid. He was 17 at the time, by the way. They ordered the club to leave 500 seats empty in their academy, academy stadium for the next youth league game. And to display a, a banner about, like an anti-racism banner essentially so the fans of this russian club racially abused this 17 year old teenage football player and uefa was like you know what you know how we can rectify this situation you the club can't sell 500 seats in their thousand ten thousand twenty whatever seat stadium and the club has to display a banner saying, you know, racism is here and all lives matter or whatever type of bullshit that they said. Like, are you fucking kidding? This is the, the, the type of, of, of brazen sort of corrupt, ignorant ridiculousness that, that these players have to deal with. So, you know, in April of this year. Arsenal players, black Arsenal players, were racially abused during their Europa League match against CSK Moscow, one of the biggest clubs in Russia. Russia was fined 22,000 euro by FIFA in May, a month later, this May, like a month ago, after their fans racially abused black French players who were there playing a friendly. Now listen, this is, all jokes aside, there's a, a young man on the French national football team. I think his name, I think his number, excuse me, I think his number is 13. His name is N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante is the sweetest, kindest, most amazing young footballer, period. Like he's, he he is a joy to watch He's a joy to watch on the pitch. He's a joy to watch off the pitch. I may or may not have a bunch of pictures of him on my phone. 
If N'Golo Kante is racially abused in Russia this summer, it, we got a problem. If any, if any black player or or player of color is racially abused this this summer, we have a problem. But if that man, that's look. So this happens in May, right? And you have these you have researched you have research excuse me from a russia a moscow-based firm um uefa affiliated the fair network they reported a surge a surge an increase an increase so large that they called it a surge in the number of racist incidents involving russian football fans since 2014 and 2000, since the 2014-2015 season, and most of these cases go unpunished. They're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want to. They're allowed to say whatever the fuck they want to, and they continue to do that because they do it with impunity. They do it with no punishment. The head of the the Fair Monitoring Center, Dr. Raphael or Rafal Pankowski. He accused the Russian football union of downplaying racist chants in stadiums, saying Nazi slogans are common in many Russian stadiums. Matches are often interrupted with racist chants aimed at black players. The World Cup is going to be watched by hundreds of millions of black people and hundreds of millions of people of color. It's going to be watched by people who do not speak the same language. But racism is something that no matter what language you speak, you know. You know it. You can feel it. You can see it. You can understand it. And this is what FIFA and UEFA are about to subject their black fans and their black players to. Racist Russian Nazi groups right now are congregating online to talk about how they can abuse, racially abuse black players, how they can embarrass black players on this extreme national stage. The only thing I'll ever give FIFA credit for this year is that they're giving referees the right to just interrupt or call a game off if there are racist chants or racist slurs or things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of propaganda coming out of Russia, Russia right now. Like, you know, oh, Russia, we're, we're changing and we're getting better and it's not as racist as it used to be. And, you know, all that bullshit. It's bullshit. You know, it's bullshit. Don't fall for it. Don't believe it. There's no way Russia changed in any significant way. First off, it's a lie. Russia didn't change. I just told you uh, that the FAIR network reported a surge in racist incidents. But there's no way, even if there wasn't a surge, that Russia changed that quickly or that significantly enough to affect what's going to happen at this World Cup. The first match of this World Cup is on Thursday, the 14th. It's Russia, and they're playing Saudi Arabia. It is going, I fear, like I said, I'm super cynical. I don't want this to happen, but I fear that these... Russian fans are going to just abuse the hell out of the Saudi the Saudi Arabian football team and it's I can't 
I I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's not. I really don't know what's going to happen. It's not okay. It's not like good. It's not what anybody wants. But but it's probably it's likely going to happen, and it's likely going to happen in the first match. What do you do? This tournament goes on for weeks, for months. Excuse me, not months. This tournament goes on for weeks. Like, this tournament goes on all summer. This is six weeks, I think. And on the first first match day, Saudi Arabia is playing Russia in Russia. This is a failure on so many levels. This is a failure uh, uh, on a societal level. This is a fair failure on an institutional level. This is a failure in a systemic level. As a society, we've allowed racism to exist and flourish in our everyday lives. So much so that it festered up and now it's, it's taking over politics all around the world. These super outwardly racist right wing xenophobic candidates who talk about, you know, immigration, who use dog whistles and coded language and talk about uh, national pride and things like that. They're given free reign under the guise of economic uh, anxiety or fear of uh, assimilation by immigrants or all this other bullshit. And now, now, this World Cup is going to be the expose of it all, to be honest. And I I really don't think anything's going to change because, you know, look who's in power. Look at the type of people that are in power. Look at the color of the people who are in power. Look at the gender. Look, Look at people in power's only interest is to, you know, keep that power. And it's not like, racism just started like yesterday <laughs> you know what i mean racism 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 has been here since for hundreds of years like this happens and because we've made so many excuses for these people because we've done little to nothing to stop this from happening this from going on because at an institutional level this sort of behavior is encouraged and and and, and isn't punished you know, now the game is going to suffer because of it. There's going to be players that are going to want to walk out. There's going to be teams that are going to want to boycott. There's going to be like, it's going to be really bad. I really think so. I hope I'm wrong. I hope six weeks from now, everybody can just be like, oh, you were overreacting, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just don't, I just don't see how this can go g- well. We there is no zero tolerance policy for racism against racism, excuse me, in our politics or in our society, like all you white people talk about your racist grandparents and all that shit, like in some sort of loving way, like, oh, that's just Grandpa Jim. Like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, but, you know, we let racism go unfettered and unchecked for so long that, you know, now it's running wild. And it's just going to get worse, and it's just going to get worse, and it's just going to get worse. And, you know, as a consequence, it's it's going to adversely affect the popular sport and the most beautiful game in the world. 
which is why the stick to sports crowd in America, because I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming most countries have the stick to, stick to sports people, but especially in America, the stick to sports crowd, it's why they're, they're, they're frauds, they're liars, they're, they're, they're hypocrites. Because you can't divorce sports from politics because of exactly because of things like this. Because people bring their politics into sports. People bring their racism into sports. People bring their sexism into sports. People bring their homophobia into sports. Did Raheem Sterling uh, 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 want all this extra attention? Does Danny Rose not want to go to the, the, the World Cup with his family? Do black players want to get racially abused? No. So we need to speak up on issues. Whether whether it's racial abuse, whether it's police brutality, whether it's whatever it is, whatever type of racism it is. Implicit, explicit, spoken, not spoken. We need to speak on it. We need people to speak on it. And it can't just be the players, man. And it can't just be the black players, especially. It needs to be the white players it needs to be the white pundits it needs to be the 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 white people in power and and in these structures as long as they're there and we're not in those structures to sort of change them or to in my opinion blow them the fuck up we need more than just you know say no to racism we need more than just you know i'm an ally or, or words we need action we need substantive policy we need you know we need movement, man. This World Cup has a chance to be a really great one. There's a lot of incredible teams and players. You have Brazil with one of the best Brazilian teams they've ever had. You have Belgium with this incredible surge of talent. They're their golden generation. You have France with just France is so deep and so amazing. Like You have Nigeria with the best kits maybe ever. You have Senegal. You have... You know, Spain with like this aging team, but, you know, a couple of sort of young rising stars like you have so many. Can't help (laughs) every time I I, I see the World Cup and you have Mo Mo Salah, of course, who I named the podcast podcast after and who who took the, the, the football world by storm this year with just how incredible Salah was. But I just can't help but think about, just think about the 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 weight of this 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 the thing this dark cloud that's going to come over this incredible incredible competition. And you know, I just hope the people who cover it cover it in a, a smart and insightful way. And I hope people who love the sport, like I do do more to hold the sport accountable and you know i'm i'm also talking about myself we need to do a lot more to hold the sport accountable to hold these governing bodies accountable to look out for the black players to look out for the the women uh uh, women who play the sport to look out for for the people who who deal with this sort of bigotry who deal with this sort of you know discrimination we need to do better and honestly by we i mean black people not really i mean white people (laughs) 
Like, we, I mean white people, like, you know, y'all need to do better, man, on some real shit. Like, like, don't stick to sports no more. For real. I don't never want to hear that stick to, stick, stick to sports shit ever again in my life. I don't give a fuck. We, I don't give a fuck. We playing badminton, nigga. Like, stick to sports for what? Like, look, this is real life, fam. This is like these these professional athletes have been training for this moment for their entire lives, and to to get chanted at like a monkey, or to get bananas thrown at you, or to 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 see racist signs like that's I I can't even explain how hurtful and how ridiculous that is um you know i'm looking forward to the world cup but i'm 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 looking forward to it in a a, a measured way I'm, I'm going to enjoy the games hopefully and i'm going to root for everybody black 100 percent um but yeah so you know if you're not into football, if you're not into soccer, um, watch it this time. Um, it's a really good sport. It's really fun. It's really, um, you know, it's really fascinating. It's fast paced. It doesn't, there's no commercials except at halftime. Like, so it's, you know, action is nonstop and there are just stars. You know, you have arguably the best player of all time and Lionel Messi playing this year. You have Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best players of all time. You have Andres Iniesta in his last World Cup, you know, one of the best midfielders in Spanish history. You have there's so many so much talent. You have Neymar, who may end up after this World Cup, may end up being the best player, you know, in the world or, you know, what uh, Neymar, who's who may end up as one of the best Brazilian players ever. I mean, he already is there, but he may end up as the best Brazilian player ever. Like, you have so many awesome narratives. And I hope I didn't depress the shit out of you too much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, follow, follow. No, you can't say hi on all social media. If you like this episode, um, like it. You know, give me a nice little five-star review on SoundCloud and on the, on um um itunes feedback i love feedback message me like yo do this better do that i like this but don't do it like this i don't like that like you know tell me like how i can get this better like this is something that i i want to keep i want to continue doing as long as you know i'm as long as it's summertime and i don't have to you know be in in class um but yeah, follow me on social media at John Brown, J A W M Brown. Um, tell your friends to listen, you know, and uh, I'll holler at y'all. Enjoy the World Cup this year, man. There's a lot of talent. Thank you.